0: Welcome to the Top Order Podcast. This is another edition of our IPL Rap Show. We are maxing the overseas players available on this podcast tonight. I'm delighted to join our normal host of the IPL Rap Show, Michael Baldwin, a.k.a. Baldi. Hello, Baldi. Hey, mate. How are you going? And we're going to talk, what a difference, I guess, about a week makes from game 19 through to game uh, 26 last night, or 27 last night as well, with that double header, Deccan, um, sorry, Delhi, um, Mumbai Indians, the Hyderabad uh, Sunrisers and the Royals um, taking part in that doubleheader last night. We've seen a bit of change in the table. All of that's going to come up on this rap show. We're going to talk about the recent games and we'll also give a little bit of a wrap of the things going on in the IPL in the last week or so. Yep, plenty of, plenty of fantasy cricket as well coming up on the rap show on the
1: Top Order podcast. Back after the swish.
0: So, Bordy, we want to start, I think, with the double header last night. So, um, games in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. So, the uh, Sunrisers, Hyderabad and the Rajasthan Royals saw Ben Stokes make his IPL um, debut for the season. And then we also saw a game in Abu Dhabi with the Delhi Capitals playing the Mumbai Indians. Um, yeah, a bit of a yeah tit for tat at the top of that table. Mumbai going top on net run rate, I think. Um, so, 10 points and the Delhi Capitals 10 as well. Um, but what's yeah? What's caught your eye really in those two two games?
1: Well, I think Mumbai have now got the wood on the Delhi Capitals uh, as a result of that l- game last night. It was a pretty comprehensive victory really for uh, Mumbai. The scorecard would suggest that it's close, but they chased that that total of one hundred and sixty two for four down reasonably easy. And you would think that the way that that Mumbai side is constructed now, I mean, they've got guys like Pollard and Krunal Pandya batting at sixes and sevens. They are a really, really good cricket side, and I think they probably have the wood over Delhi Capitals at the moment. I think it's probably important to highlight that they were, that Delhi were missing uh, Rishabh punt who's now picked up a hamstring injury, and it looks like he'll be out at least a week. So they really had to rejig their side in order to get their backup keeper Alex Carey, he, of course, being an overseas player, meant that Shimron Hetmeyer missed out, so that they could b- play both of their South African fast bowlers um, in uh, Rabada and Nortki. So. There's some, there's some work going on there for Delhi. Um, Mumbai looked really, really impressive. Their pace attack looks tremendous. Uh, Bolt, Pattinson and Bumrah look... You know, like, they look like the top pace attack in the competition, followed closely by Delhi. But um, for me, the thing that stood out was Quinton de Kock has continued his recent run of good form. He started the tournament like Mumbai had reasonably slowly, but he's picked up another 50 here. Suryakama, Yadav and Ishan Kashan batted really well with him in the chase. And then those big three of, of Pandya or Hardik Pandya, who, who didn't make runs tonight, but Pollard and, and Cronall managed to finish it off. So despite the fact that they're two big guns in, in Hardik Pandya and, and Rohit Sharma combined for only five runs in this game, Mumbai made pretty short work of that chase and were the better team on the day.
0: Yeah for, for me I think that that Kerry Hetmyer thing really stands out. Yeah actually had a you know a reasonable tournament. I think 45 in his last dig and then has to make way cuz Kerry's going to wear the gloves mm. obviously. Yeah, I I don't know whether there's an Indian keeper in that squad that maybe could have come in and batted at you know 9 or 10 or whether or not that was their only um, their only option. But for me, it was that top, you know, the top order that really killed him in that game. Uh, Shikha Darwin carrying his bat for 69 at the top of the order mm. um, striking at 132. Rohane um, only going at 100 um, strike rate. And then, yeah, when you, I guess, contrast that um, in the reply, you know, that that's where... You know, Dekok D- and Yadav, um, after Sharma was out relatively early, um, mm. caught by Rabada, um, really kind of piled on that, you know, that m- the momentum. Ishan Keshan, who re- really gives it a bit of a lick, doesn't he? Well, they all struck above 150, and that was crucial in the chase for those
1: guys to be able to go hard and know that they've got that backup in in Pandya, Pollard and Pandya. I mean, that's a
0: tremendous... License that those guys in the top four have, and it's really paying off for them at the moment. Yeah, and the two South African quicks as well, Rabada and Nokia. Um, who Nokia really impressed in that England um, tour not not that long ago. Bowls at pretty good gas, but going for sevens with the with the new uh, the new seed, I think, is. Uh, is pretty, yeah, pretty good. Both, uh, you yeah, uh, know, Nokia wicketless on this occasion, but um, similarly, Bumrah, I think, showed that, you know, that's about the um, the rates that you want to be going to. He went for 26 off his four, so um, really good seeming on the day. Yeah, and those guys are probably the, the top echelon of fast
1: bowlers. You throw in Jofra Archer there for the Rajasthan rules, who we'll get to quite shortly, but in terms of both cricket on the field and fantasy cricket, those guys are right at the top of the guys you want to be having in your side at the
0: moment. So let's go to the Royals who played the Sunrisers, Hyderabad. So Ben Stokes came into um, that side and we'll talk a little bit about that. But I think first and foremost, we've got to give our wraps to Tewatia, who's come in and um, yeah, smashed it again. Um, some would say he's tawatia would it around. He's been fantastic,
1: Rahul Tewatia. He was probably unheralded by most cricket and fantasy cricket pundits. Coming into the season, I mean, if we just talk about fantasy cricket at the moment, he only costs six and a half credits, like half of what you what you pay for a guy like Rohit. But he's been performing spectacularly, batted at four in one game, one Rajasthan a game. He's batted at, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven here and brought them home in a, in a reasonably steep chase. So they had to chase down 158 for four on a ground that, you know, 165, 170 is, is really a par score. Yeah,
0: and look, I, I, I swapped him out actually this week. So I, I I had him in my side from the start of the tournament until about a week ago. So I've I made a pretty big error there. Really.
1: I mean, but you have a look at that, that Sunrisers innings. They've set it up with some reasonably good performances at the top of the order in the games that they've won so far. And they were three and three coming into this game, I think. And it just it just looks like it didn't quite come off for them. I mean, you have a look at if you, do, if you want to be critical, and I think Johnny Bairstow will be critical of his own performance there, 16 off 19 tried to set it up for his team and then couldn't catch up later on and that is the chance that you take when you use the power play to get yourself in in those first six overs you've got to be able to catch up later and Johnny Bairstow 16 off 19 in the context of that game wasn't quite enough Kane Williamson did his best 22 off 12 to bring it home for them as well as Priam Garg but it wasn't quite enough for Sunrisers and and in the end despite a, a, a a dismissal for Ben Stokes that he wouldn't be all that happy with, five off six, but it was a very low and slow wicket and difficult to get going. And I think it just shows that Parag and Tuatia did really, 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 really well to bring them home, given that there was a bit of difficulty in batting on that wicket.
0: Yeah, look, I guess what I took out of that game, I mean, Bairstow was out pretty early in the piece, really, four overs or four, mm. and, a, four and a bit overs in. Um I just want to give shout out to Kane Williamson here. We talked about it and look, I guess from a sequencing perspective, this pod will come out before the episode that we actually recorded last night that will become our regular This Week in Cricket episode probably later in the week. But we talked about Kane and the way that he adapts in in that episode last night. Um, So yeah, watch out in your podcast feed because that is coming up. But just really showed here, striking at 180 with a couple of zacks as well. So two sixes there. Really has that ability, I think, to play different types of innings. He's he's almost pigeonholed as a traditional player that hits the ball on the ground and rotates the strike. But he's proved there that, you know, he's got that power as well to go um, with his game. I think the other thing that caught my eye, and look, it's slightly the the English biased eye, is that this was Stokes' first game. Only came out of isolation yesterday Mm. um, and straight into the squad. And and, and look, the reality is, can you leave a, a guy like that out of your... Um, side, You know, they are blessed, I think, that the Royals with you know a pretty decent roster of overseas players. But mm. that looks to be the four that I would pick if I were picking, you know, you're not going to leave St- Steve Smith out. You're not going to leave Butler out because he gives you that option with the gloves and also the bat and then uh, and then Stokes and um, and Archer's undoubted ability with the white ball. But I actually want to say that I think that's the right move, giving him the opportunity to open the bat in because you've got guys like Tuatia, um, like Robin Apatha, um, Samson's had a good tournament so far as well that mm. can come in and, and up that race. almost they're saying to Stokes there isn't as much pressure on you here. We're going to give you some rope to go out and play um, your game if you need to you know you need to get in um, then that's an option as well. It probably just didn't help that um, Smith and, and Butler fell relatively early in that and you know probably didn't allow him um, yeah d- d- didn't really allow that sort of top order to really sort of fire for the Royals last night.
1: A hundred percent. And he's got that opportunity to play himself in when the ball is harder, the field is up. He can take a few risks if he want to, but he can take 10 or 12 balls to get himself back into form. So I think that was a good move to have him opening the batting for Rajasthan. And look, they chased the total down with a couple of balls to spare and, and well played to them. Let's have a quick talk about fantasy cricket. Um, I want to just talk about Manish Pandey, who's flown under the radar a little bit in terms of fantasy cricket this year. He picked up 74 points in this mat, in this match it wasn't a high scoring match as far as fantasy is concerned but that 74 was a, a real highlight for his fantasy owners rahul Tewatia, if he's not on your radar in terms of your fantasy team he absolutely should be he's our value performance of the night he only costs you six and a half credits so he's about as low a hold as you can possibly get i think he and priam garg are the two kind of lowest cost players that you would want in your fantasy team that can contribute for you Uh, So make sure you're looking at him. He's a bowler who scores runs, which is incredibly useful in terms of um, making sure that he's in your fantasy team. A couple of guys from that Rajasthan team are running a bit cold at the moment. So Sanju Sampson and Steve Smith haven't scored runs in a while. Steve Smith's managed to find another way to get out. He had himself run out in this contest. He seems to be in that kind of mode where he runs hot and cold and he's running a little bit cold at the moment. So until he starts scoring runs again and when he does he kinda of, kinda of tends to back it up one after the other after the other. So wait until he gets a big score and then put him back in your fantasy team. But for now you make you must have Rahul Tawadi in your side.
0: Yeah. I guess Smithy though he's gonna be able to, you know, play a few John Mayer songs in the you know the aftermatch now, get that guitar out. So value to the side in terms multiple of multiple strings to your bow, yeah. Well, no uh, well hopefully that pun was intended, border. So, look, let's move back because I think um, we've covered, obviously, the recent stuff. But, you know, the last time um, we spoke was game 18. We go back. Um, game 19 is is the one that I think is the last one that we needed to cover all the way back on the 5th of October now, which was the Capitals and the Royal Chan- Challengers, um, Bangalore. Um, so, yeah, w- what do we want to talk about in, in the sort of the, pa- the past week? Or so that was a pretty easy victory for for Delhi in the. In the scheme of things yeah quite surprising really that delhi were
1: able to get over the rug, uh, the raw challenges bangalore in such an easy fashion and it all started for delhi in the power play so they were one for 68 when they lost their first wicket in the seventh over so a tremendous start for them and that allowed uh, rishabh punt and marcus stoinis to capitalize on that great platform and when Hetmyer comes in at six as he did in this game that's a real explosive looking batting lineup when you've got stoinis and Hetmyer able to come in in the last few overs. In the context of the match so i think delhi capitals put on quite a big total from memory 196 for four against the royal challengers bangalore but washington sundar was probably the highlight of their bowlers and he's gone under the radar again he's none for 20 in this game off his four over. So going at just fives when everyone else has gone at 10 plus. So
0: he started the, the game really well for them. Shame economy rates right? don't get your fantasy points right.
1: Yeah, it's a really good point. You have to take wickets in this fantasy tournament. So other fantasy formats reward economy much more. I know the BBL fantasy uh, that was on last year and will be on again in sort of November, December, January rewards economy much more. So your, your spinners and your pace bowlers have to be taking wickets
0: as well as being cheap. And Moeen Ali, pretty um, quiet tournament so far as well for the for the challenges batting pretty high up the order as well given some of the talent on offer I think came in at 6 in that game as well So he yeah. hasn't
1: played that often for, no. for RCB so I think this might have been but it might have been either his first or his second game out a little bit rusty 11 off 13 but that RCB team had a poor start. So three of their top four under 10, Finch, Particle and A.B. De Villiers, all having low scores in this one. Rescued a little bit by Coley's 43 off 39 to give their scorecard a little bit of respectability. But it wasn't really close in the end. Delhi Capital were pretty convincing winners in this one.
0: And we've talked a little bit about the resurgence of the Rajasthan Royals. So, kind of, um, whilst they're probably not favourites to make the finals where they are, they are on an upward trajectory now, having gone, I think, four games on the on the bounce um, without winning. But th- that was the the next the next game. So, Indians and, and Royals with the Indians again, um, yeah, really smashing the, the Royals in that game, winning by fifty seven runs back in Abu Dhabi.
1: Yeah, and the top three were huge for for Mumbai on this one. I mean, to 23 and Rohit Sharma, 35 set a great platform, but it was Surya Kama Yadav who really dominated the game with 79 off 47 balls, 11 fours and two sixes. So that top three for Mumbai, a huge and, and gives you the opportunity to bat a guy who's as explosive and has scored so many runs as Kirad Pollard, Kieran Pollard at seven. So that must be nice. Um, for Rajasthan, it was the same guys we talk about all the time. It was Jofra Archer and Rahul Tewatia here again who managed to be the stars for them. Butler was impressive, so 70, 70 off 44 uh, with Jaswal, Smith and Sampson falling around him. He was the, really the rock for Rajasthan in their chase that again gave them some respectability. 136 all out in the 18th over
0: um, against almost 200 for, um, for Mumbai. The thing that really caught my eye in that game is when I look at the batting order in that um, Rajasthan innings. Tom Curran coming in before Tewatia and even before um, Jofra Archer as well. Like Joffre has proved early in the tournament, he can whack the ball over the fence when he's given the opportunity um, to do so. And Curran, yeah, came in and, and chewed up, uh, yeah, sixteen balls for his fifteen. Which, yeah, look, I think it's probably game over by then. To be honest, after um, that little clutter of wickets that they had. Um between sort of ninety and one hundred and fifteen, but yeah, strange, uh, yeah, strange uh, sort of dealings there, really. He's
1: really underrated Joffrey Archer with a bat. he's a, he's got the ability to really whack the ball over the fence, and i'm I'm quite surprised that they're not using him at seven. I mean, you've got to use Tom Curran somewhere in your order, I guess, but, Jofra Archer is one of those guys that he can get you 30 off 12 and, and get you back in the contest if you need sixes. And we've seen CSK try and do that with a couple of their guys. And it sometimes works, it sometimes doesn't. But I'd be giving Jofra Archer as many opportunities to win the game for my
0: side as I could. We then move on to Abu Dhabi. So the, the Knight Riders taking on the Chennai Super Kings and, and KKR. Um, getting up there as well, and look, I, I guess what was you know impressive for them, for, from my perspective, is that some of those big you know big guys um, with the bat, so the likes of your um, your Owen Morgans, uh, your Andre Russells, didn't really fire. Um, Tripathi at the top of the order, uh, obviously the standout there with his, with his AC one, um, yeah, being yeah being probably the difference between. Uh, between the sides and again we're talking about that sort of economy right how useful it is to have someone like Pat Cummins coming in and going for uh, less than six and a halfs of his four overs and um, with 11 dot balls in that um, as well which yeah I mean that that's a phenomenal figure really when you think about it.
1: Yeah I mean Rahul Tripathi's come in and opened the betting twice now in the two games that he's played and he's played really really well in both games so he scored 107 fantasy points in this game for his 81 and was instrumental in Kolkata you know, taking care of business. They've beaten sides that they should beat, and that's why they're kind of, as we speak and, and as we record this podcast, they're sitting third on the table and they're looking really good because they defeated... Kings 11 they should beat them they defeated Rajasthan they should beat them and they defeated Kings 11, uh, the Chennai Super Kings in this game so they're taking care of business against the sides that are below them on the table and in order to get into that top 4 you really have to take care of business and in that case as you're right it was Rahul Tripathi that was the key performer for them in this game
0: we then i guess move on to Sunrisers and Kings 11 and Kings 11 at the moment are looking like they are going to be the holders of the wooden spoon, you would suggest. I mean, there's still a, a ways to go in the tournament. And I think we see swings like this happen, particularly in these uh, formats. And that's that's what I really love about this as well. You know, a couple of days can make such a big difference with a couple of um, a couple of wins. But the, the Sunrise is, you know, really putting it to the Kings eleven Punjab in this game. That's a shellacking by 69 runs. Um, and I guess when Warner and Bairstow both come off, um, you're going to have some problems.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a huge total in Dubai. 200 plus is a massive, massive score on a ground where 165, 170 is a really good total batting first. And you're right, those those guys came off at the top of the order. Kane Williamson not out, 20 off 10, striking at 200 again. So for a guy who hits the ball along the ground and, and is accused of being a boring cricketer by some of his critics, he's done an excellent job batting quite low at number five. I, I, I think that he could afford to bat a little bit higher and pace their innings a little bit better, but it turns out that it's worked wonderfully well for Sunrise's setting 200-plus and then restricting the Kings 11 Punjab to 132, saved by Nicholas Puran's 77 off 37 balls. If it weren't for him, there's a lot of single-figure scores in that Kings 11 team, and it just goes to show how much they rely on their opening pair of KL Rahul, and Mayank Agawal to get them off to a start and score the bulk of their runs. Uh,
0: and I guess also telling that Rashid Khan is starting to really rev up and get into a bit of form. So three for in that game and, and going for just 12 off his four as well, which look, I, get, I guess when you look at the fact that um, he's done a little bit of tail burgling um, in that game. Um, but, you know, you've got to bowl the tail out, right, Bodi, as a Ab- leg spinner? Absolutely. That's his job
1: is is to clean up the tail and, and to make, his team a winning team 13 dot balls no boundaries at all in his four overs just a tremendous effort for, for Rashid Khan and we're starting to see the emergence of spin bowlers in this second quarter of the tournament uh starting to become a, a real force in this IPL and Rashid Khan is probably at this point along with Yuzvindra Chahal one of the form bowlers of the tournament at least from a spin perspective <laughs>
0: And then I guess we come to another pretty one-sided game, the Capitals and the Royals. So um, we've talked the Royals up a little bit in terms of their resurgence. But going back to October the 9th in Sharjah, which, you know, is a bit of a batting paradise. They failed to get that order going too much, capitulating for 138, um, losing by 46 odd runs um, in that game. Um, from a batting perspective, Tawatia, you know, added a little bit to the scorecard down the bottom with 38. Um, but that was the top score of the day, just Jazwell at the top of the order. But strike rate wasn't particularly great there, just 94. Um, but yeah, I, I guess this, you know, the story of the game really Stornis and Hetmeyer really bossing that middle order um, for the Capitals. And again, we've talked about it already, but the, the quality of that seeming at the top with Rabada and Nokia. Um, four wickets between them before you know Ashwin comes on and bowls a really economical spell as well in the middle with a with a spin.
1: This one bucked all the trends in terms of you know runs scored in Sharjah, so it was 180 plays 130 instead of 225 plays 223, and it was the pace bowlers that were dominating the game. So both on the field, Jofra Archer's uh, three for 24. In their innings, and then Kagiso Rabada's three for thirty-five were the pick of the bowlers. Both pace bowlers doing so well in Sharjah, and they were the big winners in fantasy cricket as well. So ninety-one points for Archer, eighty-seven for Rabada. A great ba- fantasy battle for those guys, and they're also must-roster players. So you talk about guys that you have to have in your fantasy team. Absolutely, every time Jofra Archer plays, he must be in your team, and Kagiso Rabada as well. They're right at the very top of of fantasy performers. Again, Sandju Sampson and Steve Smith failing to really trouble the fantasy scorers in this one. I think you can kind of forget about them for the next little while until they start showing a run of form. Um, but the value play again, Rahul Tewatia, um, he's almost a, a must roster guy and he's only costing you, like I said, six and a half credits, scored 96 points in this game. He's played every game and averages nearly 60 points and only costing you six and a half credits. So if you want to go after Rohit, if you want to go after Virat Kohli, you're going to need guys that are cheap
0: and Rahul Tewatia is the pick of them at the moment. Talk to me about this Rajasthan permutation with that overseas player. So we, we've talked a little bit about the fact that, you know, Steve Smith is probably going to play. Joss Butler is going to play. You've just mentioned Archer as a much a must pick. You've got Stokes coming into the side now. And then you've got AJ Ty as well. And I think, we you know, we, we talked about um, that overseas roster. A little bit of, I guess, confusion there in terms of, you know, who might actually be the, the best, you know, the best four for them. Um, what what are your thoughts, and what do the what do the stats tell
1: us? Well, I think you've also got Tom Curran in there, and yeah. you've got David Miller and O'Shane Thomas, yeah. and we haven't seen Miller or O'Shane Thomas at all so far in this tournament. I think Butler's a must play. Smith is a must play. He's their captain. Once Stokes is available, uh, he's a must play player as well. So it comes down to a like almost a four way battle between Curran, Ty. Um, you, you can throw um, is Alex Carey in that side.
0: No, Alex Coe is Capitals, isn't he? He
1: is, sorry. Joffrey Archer also a must-roster guy. So it, it, it becomes a case of one of those big four having to miss out to fit one of these other guys in. And it will only really happen, I think, through injury.
0: Yeah, look, I, I find it really weird that you've got AJ Ty and Tom Curran. For me, they they're very similar bowlers, aren't they? That you know, they rely quite heavily on that change up. Um from a speed perspective, they you know, they're early to mid one forties. Um, and when you've got someone like, you know, Archer, who's really got all of the tricks, Varan Aaron, who hits the deck, obviously Stokes, and, and they wouldn't have known necessarily when drafting and A, where the tournament was going to be played and B, that Stokes was going to miss um, the first part of it. But really strange, I think, that they've got both Ty um, and Curran Vine for two of those really, really valuable um, overseas um, spots for me. <laughs> So we've not had millions and millions of really close games in the tournament so far, save those two super overs. This probably one of the closest that ended in regulation with uh, Maxwell um, just a Nats whisker away from winning the game off the final ball. The puzzling thing for me, though, in that Kings Eleven um, chase of 164, was number one, um, KL Rahul has donned the gloves um, pretty regularly for Kings XI. Um, uh, perhaps Saram Singh comes in, bats at five ahead of someone like Glenn Maxwell, who arguably is one of those guys that can finish a game of cricket um, pretty well. And and perhaps ended up cheering up a few balls, uh, just four off his seven. Didn't manage to find the fence, striking at fifty-seven leaves maxwell we were a pretty impossible task which in the end was impossible fell a little bit short um so i just wonder when you've got that kind of guy sitting on the bench whether or not we've talked a lot about matchups we've talked a lot about the fact that t20 is this formulaic thing where you think about um your tactics a little bit more have they really got it wrong from a selection perspective in that game and then also a batting order perspective as well
1: Look, I think in retrospective, I think the coaching staff at the Kings XI would have to look back at it and say two things. One, they probably picked an extra bowler. They're probably short an all-rounder. They're batting at six or seven. Guys like uh, Jimmy Neesham, who've been playing for them, didn't play in this one, and they probably needed that extra batting depth in the context of this game. I like that Nicholas Puran was elevated to number three. I would have liked to have seen Glenn Maxwell elevated to number four, as it was when... Um, Pravsamran Singh came in, they needed 21 off 22 balls, which for someone like Maxwell and KL Rahul, who was at the other end on about 70 at the time, would have, as you would have been saying, simples. Instead, all the momentum shifts because a guy's come in playing his first game in the tournament, wasn't able to get it away in the end, four off seven, and left Maxwell, as you say, an almost impossible task that he very nearly pulled off if it weren't a couple of inches he would have hit a six off that last ball and we would have been into a super over. So in terms of the balance of the side, I think Kings 11 haven't quite got it right. There's been a lot of criticism of K.L. Rahul at the end of this game because he came into the game saying, well, if I strike at 120 and we win games of cricket, then that so be it, effectively. In, ter- in terms of this game, he did score 74 off 58, he struck at 127, and in the context of the game, that 127 in combination with Prabhsimran Singh's striking at 57 was crucial, really, in terms of Kings Eleven falling short by two runs.
0: Yeah, and look, I guess you can't really argue Dinesh Kartik named player of the match for his 58 off 29, so striking even my maths will tell me at 200. I'm still perplexed, though, that you've got a guy like Andre Russell um, sitting on the bench, coming in that low down the order, only able to face uh, three balls. I mean, obviously he was out, so you know he didn't get the opportunity to face um, some of the you know some of the extra deliveries. But coming in that late in the piece, um, I think uh, yeah, uh, 17.5 overs or something like he he came in. Um, that's yeah, that's too low for a guy that's got that much ability for me.
1: And I think a lot of the sides are doing this in the tournament. They're putting their real trump cards and low in the order five or six and playing them as late as possible. We talked about it in this week in cricket, and that'll come into your feed on Wednesday, as we said, but I would want someone like Andre Russell to have as much opportunity to face 30 balls and be as destructive as possible. If that means floating him so that he comes in at four and you have a guy like Rana come in, okay, he had to come in early because Triparti was dismissed fairly early in the innings, but at the point where Morgan comes in, you would think, if I have to choose between Morgan and Russell to face 30 balls, I'd want Andre Russell facing those 30 balls, the same as I'd want Pollard or Maxwell or any of those guys, and Morgan can kind of do that job and bring it home for it at the end if he has to. But Morgan's the um, in this case, Russell is the more destructive player.
0: Yeah, so I think th- this game for me is probably a, you know, a poor example of it because Kartik actually came in, I think, at the fall of that wicket um, of Morgan 3 for 63 and then comes in and smashed it all over the place. and you know um, But, y- yeah, I-, I-, I think you would have Morgan, for, for me, batting at um, 3 or 4 in that side. But the minute you get to 10 overs and you're 3 for 63, Russell would have the pads on for me and he'd be getting the nod to go in because if he gets 12 balls to acclimatise himself... A, is going to score 15 runs off those 12 balls. And then he's still got, you know, eight or nine overs to really get going. And then, you know, the, the sky um, really is the limit. We want to talk a little bit about Sunil Nareen here, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. So as an
1: outcome of this match, he's been reported by the ICC or reported to the ICC, I should say, in terms of uh, suspicions with his actions. So at this point, He's not banned from bowling. He's on their watch list, so he has received a warning as such, and the ICC and the match referee will be paying particular attention to his action for the remainder of the tournament. We must say that this is not the first time that Sunil Narayan has been reported or has had to do remedial work with his action, but it is important to stress that he hasn't been banned from bowling yet. But if he's reported again, then he'll be banned from bowling uh, for the remainder of the tournament or until he's able to seek remedial action for his bowling efforts. So it's uh, a one to watch really in terms of KKR going forward because although he hasn't been tremendously effective with the bat, uh, he's been relatively effective with the ball. Uh, two for 28 in this game in the context, uh, a really good performance. So he's been uh, doing quite well for them in terms of their bowling effort. And as we go on in the tournament, he's going to become more and more important for the
0: KKR. And we've been pretty praiseworthy of young Padakal at the top of the order for the Royal Challengers Bangalore. 30-odd uh, for him, but Virat Kohli stealing the show, really, in that next game, um, which was the Challengers and the Super Kings. And the Super Kings, MS Dhoni, pretty scathing on his side, I think has likened it to um, a ship with a bunch of leaks, I think was the the, uh, the gist of it after that game. Really failing to get that sort of top and middle order failing, putting a lot of pressure um, on the lower order, which really capitulated to lead them uh, 132 Uh, for eight off their 20, getting smashed by 37 runs um, for the 169 that the Challengers managed to post.
1: And they did keep RCB to under 170, and you would think that if Virat Kohli makes 90, that side's going to score more than 170 runs in their 20 overs. But CSK did a reasonable job at keeping them to 170 in terms of a, a target to chase, but their batters haven't been able to to post any kind of consistency in terms of their effort. In this case, their guy who is probably their most consistent guy, Faf Plasee, was was dismissed early by Washington Sundar, who did a great job of dismissing both of the Opas. Actually, uh, did a really good job, and then it kind of fell away from there. Uh, Deeson went in at four again of ahead of Dhoni and Curran and Jadesia. So in the context of the chase, they've held their probably their three most explosive guys back to five, six, seven in the order and they just weren't able to get any kind of momentum in their innings in terms of their chase.
0: And and again, the the thing that's really stood out for me in that Royal Challengers innings of 169 is you've got Jadeja only bowling two of his four for three and a half and over. And look, I kind of get the Chaha thing at the top of the order. You know, he's bowled three overs. He's only gone for 10 and you go, look, we'll bank that in case he goes for a big over. But when you think about it, like pace off seems to have been um, almost the option there. And, have they got their bowling matchups and and sort of permutations a little bit wrong there? It feels like it. So Chahar going at three and over didn't bowl a fourth over.
1: Jadeja going at three and a half and over didn't bowl a fourth over. And was over. the
0: seventh guy to bowl for them.
1: Yep. Yeah, and and Curran and Shadul Thakur, who's had a reasonable tournament, actually, both going at over tens, Dwayne Bravo going at over nines. So I feel like they're, they've got something tactically that's not going quite right for them. But they've got all the tactical nous there in terms of their captaincy set up with Dhoni and their coaching set up with guys like Mike Hussey and Stephen Fleming. So they've got all the tools there. They just didn't quite get it right on the day. They managed to keep the Royal Challengers Bangalore to a chaseable total, but their batsmen just weren't able to execute on the day and get them anywhere near close to getting to getting that total. Chris Morris had a really good outing, actually, for the Royal Challengers Bangalore in his first game for them, three for 19, opening the bowling ably backed up by Washington Sundar again, who was economical two for th- two for 16 off his three overs. So
0: they're rounding out into a reasonable amount of form, RCB. I think they've got a pretty good side now. And you'd think that Dhoni's comments are d- designed in the right way. He's the master of that kind of um, hyperbole when it needs to be and calmness when it needs to be as well. So um, if they're going to have any kind of resurgence, it's going to have to be that someone like his words really resonate and, and sort of rev that dressing room up going into the business end of this tournament.
1: You're 100% right. He doesn't choose his words lightly. I think he's putting some pressure on those guys in their middle order to step up those experienced players like Dwayne Bravo, Ravi Jadeja, and to a lesser extent, Sam Curran. He's expecting more of them, and probably on himself actually, than they're delivering at the moment. And I think Donny would be a little bit disappointed with his own performance in the middle of that order for Chennai.
0: Well, we're smack bang up to date now with all of the gameplay in this IPL tournament as we lead into the business end of the tournament, as we've said. We will be back after this very short swish um, just to wrap up our thoughts from our wrap podcast. Um, so see you in a second. So just before we wrap up the wrap up, we've got four games coming in the next four days before the next double header on the 17th of October. So that doubleheader, Mumbo Indians, KKR. And the Royals playing the Challengers Bangalore, um, but I guess biggest game for me in the next four days is that RCB KKR game that's um, on the thirteenth. So um, tonight's um, our time in New Zealand. So yeah, huge game tonight in Sharjah.
1: So it's likely to be a high-scoring affair. So the KKR batting lineup e- effectively against the Royal Challengers Bangalore lineup. So how much can Virat Kohli for RCB dominate that KKR batting lineup featuring Shubman Gill and Co? I think that's going to be a really good indication for KKR as to where they stand on the season. Their last three wins have come against teams that are sitting at the bottom of the table. Their last defeat was against Delhi, who are right at the top. So if they're going to be real challengers for this season, you would expect them to beat, ironically, the
0: challengers. And then coming up after that, we've got the Caps. Um, sorry, we've not got the Caps. We've got the Sunrisers and the Chennai Super Kings. So if the Sunrisers don't manage to get over the line there, that really blows that middle of the table wide open again because CSK um, would come back up um, to six points, um, level with the Sunrisers at that point. And then that middle... You know, middle portion of that table is really log jummed at, um, at six points. Absolutely, the defeat for Sunrisers against the Royals in the last couple of
1: days has really opened that up. They've got to get over the top of the Chennai Super Kings in this one to stay in contention with RCB and KKR for that for that number three or number four spot on the table.
0: And we've just talked off air a little bit boardy, so the. Delhi, Capitals and the Royals. You're seeing this as really a banana skin rather than a real chance for the Royals? 100% it's
1: a banana skin game for the Delhi Capitals. This is their game to lose. They've come off a defeat to Mumbai. Let's see how they bounce back and whether or not Ricky Ponting can get his guys back up and firing for a game. If they're going to be finals contenders and they want to see themselves as one of the top teams in the competition, they've got to take care of Rajasthan. What can Ben Stokes and Josh Butler do to counter that and that English contingent along with Jofra Archer? If they can improve their performance, then they're going to be a chance. But I think they're going to need Steve Smith and those English guys to do something very special to get on top of that Delhi Capitals team.
0: And then before the doubleheader, we are back to Sharjah for the final game that we'll talk about, which is the challenges against the Kings Eleven. Can't see any of the result there apart from the challenges getting over the line.
1: Absolutely. And if you're going to load up in your fantasy team, you want to load up with RCB batsmen for the next couple of games. They've got back-to-back games in Sharjah, so you'd expect them to go huge in terms of the batting. So guys like Dev Dutpandakal, guys like Virat Kohli, Um, even Shavim Dube, I think, uh, is their middle order kind of all-rounder dude. Uh, You want to be loading up on those um, RCB batsmen as much as you can, and probably the two openers from Kings, maybe Nicholas Perran. That would be the only guys I'd look at from a fantasy perspective. But I think if if Kings 11 don't win this game, you can pretty much write their name on the wooden spoon for the rest of
0: this tournament. Well, sweet. Before we sign off and I go and log into my Dream 11 account and load up on those uh, Royal Challengers and batters, I'm going to say I think KKR are going to get over the line in the game um, this evening. I think the Sunrisers take out... Um, the Chennai Super Kings. I'm actually going to go for that banana skin happening. Um, so yeah, potential potential banana skin to actual banana skin. I think the Royals might just do. Um, the Capitals, and you can't back against the Royal Challengers, Bangalore. What about you, four I've got, teams?
1: I've got RCB to beat the Knight Riders and the Kings 11 I've got Sunrisers to continue to, to build on their form against the Chennai Super Kings side that I think are starting to struggle a little bit. And I think Delhi Capitals
0: will be far too good for Rajasthan. So I have them winning in Dubai on the 15th. Awesome. Well, other than the fact that this will be fish and chip wrappers in a few days' time, it's been a pleasure talking IPL uh, with you on this rainy Auckland day, Michael. We will give this a wrap of our wrap. Um, Take a look at the feed because we are going to be getting those domestic captain previews um, for the New Zealand series and, and season into your feed very, very shortly. We've also got news views and interviews from around the world of cricket coming up, and we will be back for wrap-up shows um, to talk particularly those doubleheaders happening um, on the 17th and 18th of October. Um, But for now, we'll bid you farewell from the Top Order podcast special IPL wrap show.